Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever is right for you, wherever you are. Welcome to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. I want to welcome once again my friends, loved ones, listeners all over the world. You're listening to us on WGPL, WPCE, WBXBAM here in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. We're also heard on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. If you'd like to hear this or any other broadcast, always remember you can find us on my podcast by searching The C.D. Hodges, The C.D. Hodges, on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And I certainly hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Now, I just completed three weeks on the subject of being black in America. Uh, I just wanted to touch on it, maybe vent a little bit, offer some enlightenment, education to some, some illumination to others, uh, squelch some stereotypes. Just wanted to do a little good because the black man's experience or existence in North America is a complex one. And uh, it has engendered uh, just as much complexity in race relations. Uh, The whole existence of black people in North America, it's just seriously complex. It's so complex that we can't afford to oversimplify it by making everything about race or excluding race from the conversation altogether, yet it's so simple that we often skip over the actual cause and cure of racism. The simple cause is sin. There's just too much relationship distance between God and man, and the negative impact of that distance shows up in the way we relate to others. The simple answer is salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ bridges the relational distance between God and man and thereby offers the only real long-term solution to the race problem. And now I've done that three weeks, but I want to get back to the series that I was in prior to uh, that three-week break there. And that was a series on personal finances. Uh, If there's anything that's going to help your relationship, especially in marriages, And then on to your children, it's going to be getting your personal finances in order. Now, this particular program is not meant to provide in-depth instruction or discussion on the subject of personal finances, but I would like to offer just enough to wet your whistle and nudge you off of the fence and onto the right side of personal financial action. Just like in church, you have to get off the seat of do-nothing where your finances are concerned. And hopefully by the time we're done, you'll be able to at least say you were benefited by the information that we shared with you. Because in this day and time, any amount of instruction, any amount of guidance, any amount of help we get in the way of finances, uh, it's going to be helpful. It's going to be worthwhile. So my hope is to nudge you off of the fence here where your personal finances are concerned. My hope is to uh, wet your whistle and ignite the flame to make you use your own initiative and go get the help you need. Make sure your finances are are structured. Make sure your financial house is in order. Make sure you get the help to get yourself there, whatever that help is going to be. 
I want to help push you toward your successful financial future. All right. So let me begin also by quickly reiterating that I spent a couple of weeks talking about financial wisdom keys. Now, those financial wisdom keys, they were they were selected because it came straight from the Bible. And those keys were offered to you as guidance, because if you follow them, you'll save yourself a lot of money, heartache and headache. You'll save yourself a lot of personal heartache and headache, a lot of family heartache and headache, a lot of children heartache and headache. You will save yourself a lot of problems. Listen, if you will go back to those financial wisdom keys and just put those into practice, you will find yourself doing better financially than you ever would have without them. Even if you don't do the other things that I'm telling you, use those financial wisdom keys. You can do a whole lot better. You can do a world better by yourself. And just go back to our uh, past podcast. You can listen to those. Remember, search iTunes or search uh, any podcast player, the C.D. Hodges podcast or just C.D. Hodges. You'll find us there. Now, I don't think also, I don't think that it's any secret that African-Americans lag behind the majority race in the United States when it comes to finances. Um, In an article from Black Enterprise Magazine on March 6, 2019, and I can send you the link to that if you like. Just let me know. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. I can send you the link there. But uh, a writer commented on the findings of a study that was produced by Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company, Mass Mutual. And the study stated that among African Americans, 84% believe the American dream means financial security. In this article, 78% believed the American dream was not living paycheck to paycheck. And 77% believed the American dream was owning a home. However, the study goes on to state that many African Americans don't have tangible assets needed to make those goals happen. All right. So whatever you believe the American dream is, whether you believe it's uh, financial security, whether you believe it's owning a home, whether you believe it's getting over living paycheck to paycheck, whatever you think it means, too many African-Americans don't have the tangible assets that they need to make it happen for themselves. The study revealed then a disconnect between African-Americans' financial situations and their hope toward the future. So whatever you determine or define to be the American dream, as African-American studies say, the statistics say, we just don't have what it takes to get us there. Whatever we're dreaming of, it's always going to remain in our dreams and it's not going to become a, a tangible manifestation. It's not going to become a reality for so very many African-Americans. Because we don't have the tangible assets needed to make those things happen. A lot of us may have a shared similar belief in what prosperity is. We may agree on what prosperity is. We may share similar beliefs about what the so-called American dream is. 
and whatever financial independence is to you. We may believe some of the same thing. We may have similar beliefs about the meaning and benefits of home ownership, but the bottom line is, if you don't have the means to make it happen, you're, sim- you're simply believing and dreaming, but it's never becoming a reality. And if you don't do some concrete things, if you don't live on purpose, if you don't handle your finances intentionally, if you don't do what's required to improve your financial situation, that dream can very well become a nightmare. (coughs) This same report, this same report, disclose some pitfalls tied to American or African-Americans personal finances and those pitfalls included high debt, low savings, a lower likelihood of wide financial product ownership. Did you hear that? The study shows that one thing that hinders African-Americans from living the American dream, whatever you define as the American dream, one thing that hinders is the lack of tangible assets. And when it comes to a lack of tangible assets, we see that manifested in high debt, low savings, and a lower likelihood of wide financial product ownership. I hope you're listening here. According to this study, at least three things are working against African Americans. We got too much debt credit card debt, student loan debt, uh, buying new cars and can't afford them, Uh, 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 credit cards at 22, 25, 27, 28 percent, using credit cards for non-emergencies. We pile up too much debt and we don't have money set aside. There's no savings. There's no savings. And we don't own financial products. And when I say we, I'm talking about African-Americans overall. We've got millionaire African-Americans, billionaire African-Americans, African-Americans who are doing well. I thank God that I did not need a stimulus check, but I'm including all of us when I say African-Americans. That means we owe too much money. We've not accumulated money or assets. We don't own stocks or bonds, annuities, or any other financial instruments. In turn, the financial disparities and the wealth gap possibly explains why 31% of African Americans surveyed were convinced that the American dream may be fading away. And it doesn't have to be this way. I want to share some financial must-targets with you. I want to talk about four financial targets that are must. You must hit these targets. You must aim for these targets. Even if you don't hit them, if you aim carefully at them, you're going to do much better by yourself. And I know some of you or most of you would agree, I can stand to do a little better where my finances are concerned. So I want to share uh, what I call four financial must targets. I'm going to call them must targets because these are targets that you cannot afford to miss. These are goals that you must set. And as I said earlier, I don't have time to break these down in a seriously in-depth way, but you need to work towards these targets. You need to aim for these targets in order to do right by yourself. And more importantly than that, 
right by those you love. So many of you have families you have to take care of, children that you need to think of, their futures, their future education, so forth and so on. So in order to do right by yourself and right by those that you love, you need to aim carefully for these must targets. Must target number one. First of all, you have to learn to pay yourself first. Get Deal with your debt. Handle your money. Get the help that you need to set up your finances. Get your finances arranged so you can manage it so that you can get in a position to pay yourself first. I talked about a budget in previous sessions already, so, so I won't say much about that. But a budget will help you see how much money is coming in, where you're spending your money, and where your expenses are going. And the budget serves as a visual aid to help you determine where you can adjust your finances so that you can start saving and investing. You got to know what you're working with. That's the purpose of a budget. It's this, this visual aid, this visual cue to help you see where your money is going, what's coming in, what's going out, so you can adjust it. You want to get to the place where you can pay yourself first. This is an absolute must. I always tell people you have to put something up. It's that simple. You have to put something up. And guess what? Putting up $50 a month is better than putting up $0 a month. If you get 30, 40 years down the road, I would certainly rather have $50,000 than no dollars at all. So you must put something up. And I'm not saying to you that $50,000 is an adequate goal either. I'm just throwing some numbers out there. You have to start with an emergency fund. Just get you $1,000 for a sprinkling day. Not even a raining day, but just a sprinkling day. That's progress and it's a must. I stress this because too many people are living paycheck to paycheck. Too many people can't even cover a blown out tire without going into debt. My God, Saturday I had to put down $135 on a battery for the car. And then you turn around Monday, $370 to have work done on my sprinklers. I thank God that I could do that and not have to go to the poorhouse or the soup line, as so many people do. I'm not putting them down. I'm pointing the finger at every single one of us and telling us to get our financial houses in order, put something up, and pay yourself first. You have to be able to cover emergencies, and that begins with the $1,000 emergency fund. You won't meet any financial goal if you do not pay yourself first. Your American dream will surely become a nightmare if you don't learn to pay yourself first. And many of us need to learn how to delay our self-gratification. You know, I'd like to survey everyone who received a stimulus check. I'd like to know what you did with that stimulus money. How many people bought a big screen TV and have no emergency fund? I heard of one lady who took her stimulus check and started her business and now she's rocking and rolling like a champ. She did what I'm telling you to do. She invested in herself. And failing to invest in yourself is failing to invest in your future. Failing to invest in yourself is failing to prepare for your future and the future of your family, the ones you love.
Must target number two. The second thing I want to tell you is invest in yourself. Not only pay yourself first, but invest in yourself. You are your most valuable asset. Your most valuable asset is not your money, it's not your stocks, your bonds, your mutual funds, your 401k, any of that. Not anything material. You are your most valuable asset. So you got to invest in yourself. Paying yourself first is different from investing in yourself. I'm telling you now, you have to invest in yourself. I'm all for making a living wage. But a few years ago, we saw on the evening news, uh, uh, one young lady whose attitude was totally unacceptable to me. You may recall that a few years ago, this young lady made the news when she intruded on a McDonald's restaurant board meeting. She said that she was 26 years old. She had worked at McDonald's since she was 16. For 10 years, she had worked at McDonald's and she had not had a raise in all of that time. And she can't raise her two kids as a single parent on the wages McDonald pays her. Now, the evening news thought it was cute. All of the ultra liberals and progressives started ragging on McDonald's and talking about McDonald's like a dog. Listen, I do not fault McDonald's for this situation. You know what her problem was? She failed to invest in herself. That young lady was admitting that she's 26 years old and she's been doing the same thing that she was doing when she was 16 in high school. You start working at McDonald's in high school when you're 16 years old and she's still doing the same thing at 26 she did when she was 16. She should have been managing the place by now. When you do things and make decisions that keep you from excelling, you're not investing in yourself. And listen, I'm 26. I haven't had a raise in 10 years. I'm making the same thing I did when I was 16. Listen, listen carefully. And I can't raise my two children as a single parent on this wage. Oh, my goodness. As Dave Ramsey says, she failed to act her age and not her wage. When she should have acted her wage. If you don't have the wages, oh my goodness, I know I'm going to upset some folks here. I won't even talk about her relationship choices and her self-esteem. Because I'm calling all of that into question. If you've been working at McDonald's for 10 years, started at age 16, haven't had a raise, doing the same job, and you're a single parent and complaining that it's somebody else's fault, you can't take care of your children, something's wrong with your self-esteem, something's wrong with the way you manage your life, something's wrong with how you deal with the person you see when you look in the mirror. The bottom line is you have to make investing in yourself a priority. How do I invest in myself? Well, that's all about education. Education, seminars. My goodness, do you know how much training is available on YouTube? No doubt McDonald's has a training program where you can be promoted inside the corporation. Education, seminars, a mentor. Did she ever think of getting a mentor? Do you have a mentor in your life?
all types of training. That's investing in yourself. All kinds of courses or training available on YouTube and develop a code for living. Develop a code for living. Determine the values and principles that lead to excellence and promotion, that leads to dreams being come, uh, made true. That means you have to determine the principles that work. For this ain't nothing like going to the Word of God. And you invest in yourself by developing the right relationships. I always say your success in life is determined by how you manage relationships. Hook up with people who bring you value, who speak into your life, who pump you up, who feed your vision. People you can learn from. Hook up with people that add to you and not take away from you. You better leave the party people alone. Getting together grown people, grown men who get together on Saturday afternoon, sit on the couch, and play video games. That may not be the crowd you need to hang with. Hook up with the right people. Join networks and organizations that improve you. You have to make investing in yourself a priority, just like you have to make paying yourself first a priority. All right? Must target number three. Must target number three. You have to protect your life. Wow. You have to protect your life. That means having the right amount of life insurance. If you're the primary income winner in your house, you must have life insurance. If you have anyone depending on your income to live, then you need life insurance. Makes no difference whether it's your wife, your husband, your children, your parents, or whoever. You need life insurance to replace your income that they depend on in case you die. They depend on you to provide a living for them. If you die, you need life insurance to replace your income. That's just the bottom line. And you'd be surprised at the number of people who die today and don't have money enough to be buried. Don't have life insurance. Watch, look at it this way. If you make $75,000 a year, then you need at least 10 times that amount in life insurance coverage to take care of those who depend on your income. And with the average cost of a funeral being $7,500, $7,500 is the average cost of a funeral. You'd be surprised at the number of people who die and just don't have money to bury them. Don't make your loved one start a GoFundMe account just to get you buried. And then they're left with nothing, living on the bridge, going to soup kitchens, living in homeless shelters, whatever the case may be. Do right by the people you love. Do right by the people who depend on you. Do right by protecting your life. Get life insurance. The best way to do right by the people you love is by purchasing life insurance. Maybe I'll do a program on life insurance only. But listen, I'm telling you, uh, you've got to protect your life in case you die. But along with protecting your life in case you die, it's also important to protect your health. A lot of financial strategists suggest purchasing long-term care insurance once you reach age 50. Some people do and some people don't. But you need to ask yourself the question, 
Not only what will I, what will my family and loved ones do if I die, but what will my family and loved ones do if I become disabled? Just like in the life insurance scenario, if you have people who depend on your income, then you need to make plans to care of them, to care for them. And taking care of your health is a major consideration. Eat right, exercise, get your physicals, take care of yourself, and think seriously about long-term care insurance. You have to prepare. Life is, you know what, let me tell you something. You can pray all you want to. But because you pray, it doesn't insulate you from unfortunate things happening. Every day I get up, I thank God for a brand new day, brand new mercies and brand new grace. And I thank God because it could very easily be another way. So remember that and think about caring for your life. Take care of your business. People depend on you. And you cannot leave them hanging. You have to take care of them. And let me tell you something. Again, $50,000 in life insurance is better than nothing. $100,000 is even better. $500,000 is, is doing good. Quite well. But just think about the income that you bring in. What will it take to replace that? All right? All right. Must target number four. Here's the fourth target that you must aim for. You must aim for. You have to prepare for your later years. Huh. You have to prepare for your later years. You know, usually we would say retirement is at age 65. There's something about age 65 that we usually think of when it comes to the subject of retirement. But I think it's wise if we get out of the notion that retirement means I won't have to work no more once I turn 65. Now, that's still available for some, but there are a couple of reasons that we need to rethink that paradigm, the age 65 retire and work no more paradigm. There are a couple of reasons we need to think that. First of all, you need money to retire, and so many Americans just don't have retirement money at age 65. A few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I shared a statistic with you that said uh, 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 in October 2018, CNBC reported that uh, uh, from the Schwartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis, they did a study and reported that 40% of middle-class Americans will retire in poverty or near poverty at age 65. That's almost half of the middle class that's going to retire in or right at poverty at age 65. Now, that's especially alarming because if almost half of the middle class of America will retire in poverty or right at poverty, you know that's got to be upwards of three quarters of African Americans who will retire in poverty or right at poverty at age 65. So a good number of people are just not able to retire at age 65 because they don't have enough money. Another reason people don't retire at age 65 is because 65 is still relatively young for a lot of people. They still got a lot of work years left in them. So it's like 65 is the new 55. And instead of not working, people are changing careers at this point in life. And many are doing things that they've always wanted to do. So whether you keep working because you have to or because you want to, you need to be prepared. And the way you prepare is start yesterday. Hmm. 
Notice what I said. The way you prepare for your later years is start yesterday. Don't wait till tomorrow to start. You don't have time to do a lot of studying. It's easy. Get with somebody you know. And if you're interested in anything I've said in here and want to talk about it further, I'm strongly encouraging you. I'm strongly recommending that you contact me. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Find me, send me something. Let me know you're listening. I'll talk with you. Listen, I have plans to help you. So remember, must target number one, pay yourself first. Must target number two, investing yourself. Must target number three, protect your life. And must target number four, prepare for your later years. Folks, we don't have time to do a lot of in-depth talking about uh, finances, but I want to give you something to start you out. I want to give you something to nudge you off the fence of do nothing. I want to light a fire under you and tell you to read, to study, to talk with people, to get with people. Look at YouTube, read magazines, go to the library, read Money Magazine, Black Enterprise Magazine, Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine, read investing books. It's all free at the library. There's no reason not to do better. I don't care where you are. There's no reason not to do better. And we must get it in our minds that we must do better. Better by ourselves and most assuredly, better by the ones that we love. Hey, listen, I'm out of time for today. I appreciate you joining me here on Marriage and Family Clinic. It's always a joy coming to you. And again, I hope that once you leave this program, you can say, I was benefited. Remember, if you want to hear this again or any other broadcast, just look up my podcast on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. You can find me, search The C.D. Hodges, The C.D. Hodges Podcast. Hey, I've got to go. Tune in next week, same time, same channel. We'll look forward to talking with you on our new subject. Until then, remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.